Not long ago, after serving only half of a 48-year prison sentence for the murder and sexual assault of 20-month-old Elgin toddler Courtney Clay 24 years ago, Casey Williams, 47, was swiftly petitioned to move from Crystal Lake and, unknown to the Inglewood community, placed at 6655 South Perry. Ironically, his early release was on February 25th, the same day, 24 years ago, that he committed the heinous crime. So, you remember when I heard the story, I was completely outraged. And my rage and ire came out of the fact that somebody, excuse me, obviously told this man, Casey Williams, okay, they don't want you in Crystal Lake, but you can go to Englewood and you'll just blend in because there are 12 other sex offenders that live in this building. He was on it from the very beginning. His name is Daryl Smitty Smith. He's president of the Englewood Political Task Force. He joins me now. Hello, Daryl Smitty Smith. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing, Perry Small? I'm good, but thank you so much. And do you mind if I call you Smitty? Smitty is perfect. Okay. So, Smitty, um, I saw you out there doing... You know, uh, in, in during the press conferences and all of this. And I'm going to tell you, I was absolutely um, appalled. And my, first of all, this man only paid half of a sentence of sexually assaulting and murdering a 20-month-year-old child, and he ends up in Englewood. Tell me what the source of your ire is right now. I mean, it just just goes to show you that um, there's a tale of two cities, uh, how they treat us as Englewoodians, that we're the dumping ground um, for everybody else's garbage, if I could say that for a lack of that a word mm-hmm. um, myself and Al Baskin we we battled this back in um, the early 2000s uh, there was a pedophile house in Inglewood and we went over there every day and we protested and we shut it down mm-hmm. so I guess since so what do you mean a pedophile a, house there was a pedophile living in the home or they had a myriad of pedophiles living there no there were there were a group of parolees that have did their prison time, uh-huh. and they're paroled to this house as a halfway house. Now, the one we're talking about on Perry is not a halfway house. Right. It's this is just, just a regular. In there. But the one we shut down before was an actual pedophile house. And I was appalled because if you get uh, a group of golf golfers together, they're going to talk about golf, or a group of people who – collect muscle cars. They're going to talk about muscle cars. So if you get a group of pedophiles together, they're going to talk about pedophilia, which is a, which is a sickness. So rehabilitation, when they say we've been rehabilitated because you did some prison time. No, that's not it. That's not true. You have to get help for pedophilia. Right. You see, and they think that they can keep dumping people who are unwanted in other parts of the city and other parts of the state in Inglewood, and we're not having 
And so how long do you think this practice has been going on that Englewood residents are, um, you know, and, and Englewood is a, is a dumping ground for these kind of undesirables? It's been going on for a long time, unnoticed. Uh-huh. Um, like I said, back some years ago, myself, Hal Baskin, our organization, we just happened to stumble upon them. But we were searching for something on the Internet and okay. stumbled upon these uh, sexual predators that were living in our neighborhood. So we did a search on the Internet, and we started seeing them come up more rapidly. So we started visiting these sites. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all for second chances. That's right. If a person did something and they lived in Inglewood and they went and did their time and they came back to their residence or their mother or their grandma, that's different. But you got a person from a whole nother part of the of the county, not even our county. It was McHenry County. Yes, it was McHenry. And they petitioned and protest to get him out of their county. So why would you send them to ours? And I'm speaking on Inglewood, but it's Inglewood, it's Roseland, it's West Lawndale. So any area that they think is poverty stricken, that they think that we have so much violence that the violence will overshadow them sneaking this pedophile in. They're, they're sadly mistaken. We're on it, and we're going to make sure that something gets done about it. So when I was in college, I was a, a, a sociolo- sociology minor, and I decided to do a paper on pedophilia. And the one thing that was very telling, if you've ever known a pedophile, if you've ever talked to a pedophile, they never stop with the urges to commit pedophilia on another child. It never goes away. But if they get the help that they need, they are taught tools that will control their urges. So let me ask you this, Minnie. If they had a, if they had, because, you know, there are different le- levels of, of sexual offenses. You know, everybody that's a sexual offender is not a pedophile. But if mm-hmm. they had on site um, psychologists, psychiatrists, sociologists on a site where you have uh, more than a baker's dozen of these individuals, would you feel better about that, at least if they were trying to rehabilitate them and keep the neighborhood children safe? I was reading an article in the Sun-Times, and there was a woman that was living in that building that had children. What was she supposed to do? She doesn't have money to just pick up and okay. move like that. So so, so what happened with her? Question, yeah, go right in. That's your first question? Yeah, yes. I would feel much I would feel much better if they had counselors, if they had um, uh, monitors, if they had uh, 24-hour security. But if is a big little word. They don't have any of that over there. They, and to speak to your point, there's a young lady that stays across the hall with children. They can't even move uh, sexual predators, sexual offenders in a building in the multitude that they have. There's over 35 to 50 Registered sex offenders at that address. Whether Thirty-five they to not, sixty. They're registered. they're registered there. They're registered there, and they have their attorney out. And I asked the attorney because I had the list. I said, "All this that's highlighted on this list are they all registered at this building?" And she kept trying to go around my question. I said, "I'm asking you a yes or no question. 
are the people that are highlighted on my list registered at this building? She said, your list is accurate. Mm-hmm. She said that out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. So that means whether they live there or not, there's over 35 to 50 people registered there that have either a pedophile case, a sexual predator case, or a sexual assault case. And we're not just talking about children here. Right. We have, we're talking about children and women. Yes. We're talking about a park, a park that is less than a half a block away. We're talking about Parker High School, uh, grammar school, which is eye shy from this place. Okay, we're talking about a grocery store slash gas station that is a half a block away from this place that people go and get snacks. So now the problem I have is I rolled past there the other day and I saw three or four of them on the balcony with with tank tops on and shorts the other day when it was nice. And they were out there smoking cigarettes and cigars. So what's their conversation when a young lady walks past? Are they bird calling? cat calling or whatever you call it are they whistling at her are they thinking of how they can lure her in that building that's my problem and the guy that that raped and murdered the 20 month old baby he just opened a can of worms because he happened to be white from crystal lake and crystal lake refused him and they sent them to inglewood had he not came here that building may have still been under the radar right Okay. How many so units are in the one. building? How I think that's a fair question. How, how many three, units? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, two. It's probably a twelve unit front and but back. But you've got thirty five, and there's a front entrance. But you have thirty five yes. to fifty people registered as sex offenders that live that are supposed to live in that building. Yes, if that doesn't illegal. tell you that it's a dumping ground, I don't know what what is. It's illegal either way you look at it because. First of all, if you're a parolee, you can't. I can't stand on the corner with three other parolees and hold a conversation, or I'm in violation of my parole. Mm-hmm. So by that not being designated as a halfway house, they can't even be tenants in this building with all of them being just paroled. So that's a violation. Um, another thing I want to do, I want to hold our elected officials' feet to the fire because um, doing research, the ladies that do the research that are on this case with me, they found out that this thing is being funded through the state some kind of way. This guy has a contract. But this where, is a private, but this is supposed to be privately owned. But they, but he has a condo. Uh, it's a condominium. The landlord owns nine of the 12. Matter of fact, it's 12. I'm sorry. It's 12 units. 12 the landlord units. owns nine of the 12 units. I want to know who owns this building. And it was really strange because when we were talking about this, when the story broke, there were people that called me and told me that this is kind of like a business of, and and this is alleged, I don't know, I don't have any proof, that this is a business that a lot of ministries are getting involved in and um, clerics. So we'll talk to you more. 773 Five nine one sixteen ninety. I'm learning a lot today. I hope that you are too. We're talking to Daryl Smitty Smith. He is the president of the Englewood Political Task Force. And you made my heart go a little bit of flutter when you talked about Hal Baskin. What a hell of a man and what a hell of a member of the community he was. And there is a reason why... Someone for Crystal Lake or someone 
who was Casey Williams's uh, on your law team. I don't know who told him or suggested um, that he moved to this building or to the Englewood community. Daryl, do you know how he came about uh, being at this particular address? Daryl. Smitty. Hello. Yeah. Do do, do you know how he came to, to come to this particular address to find housing? It's funny you should ask that. Uh, some way, somehow, the condo building is on some kind of list for parolees um, because how else would he get booted out of Crystal Lake and he automatically knows to come to 6655 Perry? Right. That's not a just a ideal address to be coming to right. if you have never been to Inglewood. So um, there's some trickery going on where there's a list um for parolees to go to certain addresses, and I believe that's on that address. And to go back to your question about um, the 35 to 50 men living there, one of the tenants that lives there alluded to the fact that he's doing it like dormitory style. So he may have 8 to 10 men in one apartment with bunk beds. What the hell? Yeah, so... um, they structuring it, you know, that's not legal. So that's why we, we talked to Alderman Roderick Sawyer. Um, he's doing things in his, what's in his power. Uh-huh. Um, we, we're demanding that they do a full investigation of this building. There's windows broken out of this building. There's um, plywood up to some of the windows. It's, it's not even a livable building. And the windows that are busted out allegedly were busted out by the landlord himself. Um, to force one of the lady tenants out because, like I say, he owns nine of the 12 units. So every time he forces someone out, he buys the unit so he can monopolize on that unit. And get so money from someone. There's a lot of illegal things going on, a lot of illegal stuff going you on. You can't have 10 people living in one one unit. And do do you know if they not that some people would care, but do they have inspections by the city. I mean, this is the whole issue with what happened over there uh, on 67th uh, on South Chicago is that the city was aware that there was some illegal activity. And next thing you know, we have a mass shooting. And uh, this particular landlord, Mr. Skolnick, who owned the Grand Ballroom, they closed the ballroom because of some of these issues. So, like, uh, I would say that the alderman who was talking, Jeanette Taylor, she's saying that the city is culpable in, in, in these sort of uh, in these these examples. Exactly. But to, to know about and to act on are two different things. Right. I believe the city knows about this building, but there has been no inspections. There's impossible for there to be an inspection on this building because the building is in horrible shape. The building should be shut down just because of structural damage to the building. But on top of that, you have all of these sexual predators living on top of each other in this building where you have two tenants that are non-sexual predators that happen to be females with children that still live in that building. Oh my so that's goodness. a violation right there. And the reason it hits me, it hits close to me, because I was part of the search for Ryan Harris 
the little girl that was raped and murdered by a pedophile named Floyd Durr. Yes. And I was part of that search, and we found her body, and we renamed a park after her. And That's we have right. an annual picnic every year in, her, in honor of her. That's right. So less than a mile away, this same thing is happening. I'm not going to stand for it. We're not going to stand for it. Well, good for you. Let me take Patrick's call real quick, 773-591-1690. Go right ahead, Patrick. Hey, how y'all doing? We're good. Hey, this is just an, another example of the, the, you know, the men on the block, like myself, being able to make a challenge to those people. Um, you know, when my ex was living here with me several years ago, we had a house on the corner. Um, I didn't pay attention to what was going on, but my ex did. And she found out that some of them people over there were registered sex offenders. And so when I was out there on the driveway washing my car, I started paying attention to what was going on in the house, and I noticed the gentleman kept walking back and forth in front of my house because I had little kids next door, neighbors. My neighbors next door, they got a little girl over there. You know, she grew up now, but he kept he kept trying to make conversation with me to kind of check out the little girl. So I told dude, I said, look here, I know what's going on. It ain't going to be like that around here. Better get the hell away from here. And then we went after the property owner, which was a black woman. And when I found out she was a black woman allowing pedophiles on my block, I tore her head off. And she ended up selling that place. Hmm. So we got rid well, of Well, you stood up. I like mean, we got you rid of the store. Right. I don't play that. Yeah. When that man, when I noticed him kept walking past my house, and I, I didn't believe my girlfriend when she said that. That's sexual predator. Look, baby, she was showing me on the Internet. I said, I'll be damned. Thanks, Patrick, for your call. I appreciate that. It is 1031 on the Talk of Chicago. We're talking to Daryl Smitty-Smith. And Daryl is hell-bent of taking back his community from sexual predators and offenders who are not getting the support and monitoring that they need to be welcomed back into the community um, as long as they're getting the help. I understand it, and I think you understand it too, Smitty. These people have to have some place to go. But if you if you are a sexual offender, wouldn't you agree? You go back to the community, the communities that you grew up and that you lived in. You just don't exactly. you don't put them in you know in in, in what you would think of as a a, a dumping ground. I, we get it. Yeah, if you if you're a drug abuser, if you're a drug abuser. They send you to get help. If you're an alcoholic, you go to AA meetings. You know? Right. So why can't they have some kind of counseling set up? And they're victims also. Don't let me let me not even. Yes, we understand. Uh, not that. mention this. They're victims because they they did their time and they feel like they, they we're rehabilitated and we should be able to go where we want. But that's not the fact because your crime that you committed is an actual sickness. So you have to be treated. Right. You have to be treated for this. Yeah. You see, we don't want another Ryan Harris in our community. That's right. I'm so you know, glad you we got enough shooting and all of that going on in our community. So we, while we're out here trying to combat and do conflict resolution and gang deactivation and we're trying to stop all the violence, then over here it's quiet. He could be sneaking a little girl in this building. We, we, we're not going to stand for that. All it's right. just time uh, out for it. And we want more men like Patrick. Yeah. Pay attention. Yeah. If the men pay attention... And 
Don't make idle conversation with guys. These guys can make an idle conversation with you. You don't even know their background, but they preying on your daughter or your niece or your wife, you know. And all of them are not still sick. Some of them are rehabilitated and they're ready to reenter society. But there is a number of them that are not ready. Well, I I can and bet I'm you not, this. I'm not really in the world of dice. But I, I, I can roll the dice on which one. But I can tell you this: if they're not, if they are not living there, and they have said that that's where they were were supposed to live, that's a problem because they're not right. If you're still lying, all right. We've been talking to Daryl Smitty Smith, president of Inglewood Political Task Force. Let's go to Katie. Katie, thank you for your patience. Go right ahead. <laughs> Uh, hello. hello. I was really um, surprised at uh, what was going on. They let that guy uh, in the building and what was going on in the building. And, you know, you know, our, our leaders and civic leaders need to step up and, and, and go after what's going on. It's pitiful. You know, why is Inglewood the dumping ground? I mean, Crystal Lake is, you know, they only have 10 or 15 people in their classrooms and the students over there at Crystal Lake. It is crystal clean over there at Crystal Lake. And so for them to let, for Inglewood to let that person be dumped in that area is a shame. Oh, I agree 100%. And, uh, you know, that this is the complaint of a lot of individuals, that you're using it as a dumping ground. But you know what, um, Smitty, what people are saying? That if we cleaned up our communities and if we didn't have all these, what they call, which is offensive to all of my sensibilities, black-on-black crime, you wouldn't have to worry about it. Well, I can't help it if the city of Chicago doesn't care about the trash that is around the communities. I can't help it if they want to... Um, to raise and and tear down historic buildings in Bronzeville that people are willing to preserve, but you're going to let this piece of crap of a building, who you said had, which you said had structural damage, there are no windows in there, and 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 is that fair for two single mothers and their children that have to walk past and over people that are sexual? Offenders registered sex, sexual offenders. It's, it's not fair at all. No. It's not fair at all. And when, when people drop the ball, when people drop the ball, they often look for excuses. And if they want to use uh, how filthy Inglewood is, how many vacant lots we have, the crime and all of that. That just um, turns around and goes right back to the elected officials. I mean, we had gang deactivation in, in Inglewood High School. We had a Real Men Read program. We had male mentoring. We had all of that within the CPS system, and it was all shut down because they said the guys that were in the building doing this were ex-cons as far as not pedophiles now. That's a difference. Right. But these guys, whether you sold some drugs or whether you stole a car or something like that, and you went to jail and you did your time and you came back out. Right. Now you're telling these kids what not to do. So when they get to high school, this is what you don't do. They shut all of that down. So you can't do a gang deactivation if you don't have ex-gang members participating in gang deactivation to tell these kids why not to be in a gang. Mm -hmm. So if they want to use that as an excuse why you dumped someone from Crystal Lake over in Inglewood, then shame on them. But we're not going to allow it. And to speak to the last caller, um, we, as Inglewoodians, 
didn't allow it, and we're not allowing it. That's why we're doing this now. And I also, also want to share our website, www.notinenglewood.com. Uh, and we need to have we need we need to have more people go to that website, sign our petition, and show where you could be involved. This is a call to action. It's, it, you can live anywhere in the city. You can live anywhere in the state. <coughs> If you have a way to help us, if you know a lawyer that wants to join our team pro bono and help us uh, clean up this mess, we need that. Uh -huh. So can nobody say that we didn't ask for help? We're asking right now. www.notinenglewood.com. Sign a petition and tell us how you could be of help. Because next it'll be your neighborhood because they, they're going to figure this out. Inglewood's not having it. Because that's, that's Hal Baskin's protege that's out there pushing this. Hal Baskin taught me what I know. So they got to know that you can't come to Inglewood with this. Next is going to Roseland or Woodland. Oh, it's already or, in Roseland. So now it's there, but it's there, but who's blowing the whistle? So until someone blows the whistle and and um, puts them on Front Street, they're going to keep easing them in. So it may be your neighborhood next. Yeah. So we need people to sign this petition and join us. And we will come happily come and join you. You know, I'm not just for Inglewood. Right. I'm, Ingle, I'm an Inglewood. I've been in Inglewood 51 years, and I've seen it all. And that's why my my fight is so I'm so dedicated and to passionate this. about I mean, it. Yeah, I I'm get very it. Very passionate. About Let's it. go to Pastor Ronald. Pastor Ronald, thank you for your patience. You're on with uh, Smitty. Okay. Uh, this is Pastor Ronald Cummings of Pastor Last Call Ministry. Uh, I am very familiar with, I've housed thousands of men over the years. And in Harvey, Illinois, uh, that's my base. And uh, the law is, y'all going to go back and get to the law. The law is you can only have one terrifier uh, 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 per unit. If the unit has 50 people, you can only have one. That is the law, you know, because they made this law less than 10 years ago because uh, churches or whatever have you were bringing in these pedophiles mm -hmm. because the pedophile has to pay uh, about five times a month more to stay there. So there's somebody in this political or the policing or whatever allowing these people to be there. Is this so an this Illinois statute, or is this um, a local municipal statute? It, this is an Illinois statute because they first let out a whole lot of them people out, and a lot of problems you know, took place. So they made the law that you can only have one per building, and you can't even have one near a library, in, like in Harvey, or near the YMCA. Because, you know, they enforce the law. Or a park or a school, right, or a park or a school. Yes, and that's yes. why we are asking and, and, for legal anybody with legal assistance to come on board to to help us with the legalities of this. We know all of what you just said, but to push it forward, we need legal representation. And you said that there are what this guy, the landlord, is trying to do is make this like a dorm-like situation and br bring in bunk bunk beds. For the people to not stay. trying to do. He's already done it. He's already done it. According to the tenants that stay there, they say that there's a dorm style housing in there. Hmm. This is incredible. We've been talking to Daryl Smitty Smith.
uh, president of the Englewood Political Task Force, and if you would like to sign the petition uh, that they're circulating in support of getting these, um, not running uh, sexual offenders out of Englewood, but if you're going to be there like they should be in every neighborhood and not just dumped in one place, there are pedophiles in Lincoln Park and Lakeview and Streeterville and every place else. But you're not going to use Englewood uh, as a as a dumping ground for your trash. Just not going to do it. And I'd hate to call people trash, but this man, Casey Williams, how is it that he did not even serve a full sentence, that he half of a sentence for the rape and murder of a 20-month-old child? I don't get it. I, Smitty, I don't get it. Yes. I don't even know how that happened. Do you know how that happened? <laughs> I, it, it baffles me. I have no idea, but... Uh... You, you, but they you were willing to put two. They were. Old they rape and murder a twenty-year-old. You should do your whole sentence. But listen to this. No time cuts. But they were willing to put a seven and an eight-year-old in prison for the ma- for the murder of Ryan Harris. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm just appalled, and I hope everyone listening is appalled. Whether you stay in Inglewood or not, we need you to visit our website www.notinenglewood.com. If you don't visit the website and sign a petition, there may be a www not in Roseland next time. Mm-hmm. We got to stick together and combat all of what they're trying to do to us in these neighborhoods that we live in. They don't do this in Lincoln Park. No, they don't. They don't do this in Beverly. Nope. They don't do this. Mount Greenwood. Inglewood, Roseland, and, and West Lawndale. Yep, that's those are the dumping grounds. Let's go to Deborah. Deborah, thank you for your patience. You're on BON. To God be the glory. Um, God knows that an injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. These are the least protected. And so it's known. And it's not what you know, it's who you know. That person knew someone. That someone has a system of folks that look out for. Even I say as far as the older people or persons, we, we need to just folks stop focusing on them. What about at the higher level of government that go to D.C.? What are they doing? Do they turn their head when they know all of this is happening? And I challenge you on this because I'm in Inglewood. There's, I, I'm, I'm at, a, at a facility where a lady with her daughter, she was evicted because her job, her only purpose in life was to protect her baby. She knew that there were criminal activities on the computer. I'm a veteran. She's a veteran. Mm-hmm. She was evicted. She was evicted. She she was sabotaged, as was the professional women who were management that saw things. We're talking about black professional female veterans, their jobs sabotaged. We're talking about five, six, seven of them. So now instead of black, and I have nothing against the Latina community, but they bring in a Latina lady because the guys, the good old boys, they look out for the Cujo. So this is something that we got to deal with. Um, again, and to compartmentalize, you got to do what you got to do to survive. And for that, those mothers there, please make sure that there are resources for those few mothers that are in there, because those babies probably have already been 
been sabotaged and violated, and we don't want and need another. And see, I've been speaking about this for, I call Cliff Kelly's show, more than six, seven years ago that I had a neighbor. I was in Lake Meadows, neighbor that, I don't even want to say the word neighbor, horrible, paraded a young girl out of their apartment, the son did, with a big guy with him. The young girl was whimpering. I asked, are you okay? And the guy, yeah, she's okay. Just like the, what the, the caller, earlier caller said about the young man's uh, woman, just she saw it. Our black men, uh, Attorney Fenton says that black men got to stand up. We got to stand up and realize your boys, your dogs, those cujos, they're amongst you, and you allowing them to shut down innocent women who are trying to bring attention to issues that are detrimental to our community. I look forward to joining you, brother. Thank you. God, strengthen you and keep you and your family straight. But straight to the top, as far as our state legislators in in D.C., what are they doing? How much of this do they know? All right, then. Let's go to Marguerite. Marguerite, go right ahead. You're on with Smitty. You'll be our last caller on this. And thank you for taking my call. And my, I'm piggybacking off the lady who just asked the question I really called in to ask. Can the older person help you and the church leaders in the community? Because they're already the leaders that have been elected and that have been, you know, leadership in their church congregations. And I'll hang up and listen for your answer. Thank you, Mark. Alderman, Alderman Roderick Sawyer, we had a meeting with Roderick Sawyer. And he's very much involved. He's cooperating, and he's very much involved. But that's on the local level. We want our state representative. We want our uh, state senator. We want Kwame Raul. We want some of the people downstate that are legislating to see what's going on and hear what's going on so they can change some of this legislation and then make it make it concrete of how sexual predators, once they leave the penitentiary, how they are to be treated and housed. So we need state-level officials. Absolutely. You need to put a statute in there. If you're going to have more than one person in there, there has to be resources for 24-7, 365 days a week. To speak to the caller before her, uh, the reverend, men are involved. We have, and if this doesn't make you mad and want you to sign a petition, one of my organizational members and good friend, Keith Harris, was out there with a couple of other guys, and they would stage across the street in a vacant lot, and they would just hang out. You know, nothing nothing said, nothing done. Just hang out and show presence. Yeah. This man who was in there mingling and drinking and smoking with these pedophiles, the landlord, called the police and said that Keith Harris threatened him. The police came over instead of doing their job and getting these these offenders out of our neighborhood. They arrested Keith. Wow. But then they thought they had nothing on Keith, so they had to let him go. But why would you come to the scene and arrest Keith when I know there should be some kind of bulletin about 6655? 60, oh, I'm Harris. sure there is. On the, know, yeah, where they do roll call. Because yeah. Keith Harris... Is, is is my dance partner. He's been out here with me on the front line, so you should almost know who Keith Harris is. So when you come over there, you should see him, and there shouldn't be any arrests made because they're just hanging out, making sure there's a safe passage for our children and women to go to the store, the park down the street, and the school. So wow. if that doesn't make people mad that's listening to this, I don't know what will. And I want, again, the call to action. I want people to get involved. I want the website flooded. I want the petition signed. And I just need everybody to 
get involved and get in touch with us. Well, I'll Please. do that myself to, uh, today. I'll sign the petition, Smitty. Daryl Smitty Smith, president of the Englewood Political Task Force, you've been so generous with your time. I learned a lot. Thank you so much.